When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Rings post game show breaking down everything Patriots with Nick Fitzy Stevens and Andy Hart. The Six Rings post game show is co sponsored by Zudi. Build any application your company needs in one week. Visit zudy.com for your free trial. By New England Recovery Center in Westboro, where recovery is possible. By your local New England Kubota tractor dealers. By Northeast Electrical, where pros need pros at needco.com. By Catches Law Group, the personal injury pros at catcheslaw.com. And by Anderson Windows and your local Anderson Windows dealer. Now, here's Fitzy and Hart on WEEI. Ladies and gentlemen, on Monday Night Football on ESPN, what you have just witnessed was a 6-6 six and six football team playing a 4-8 and eight football team. The 6-6 six and six football team was a little bit better than the 4-8 and eight football team, which also happened to lose their all-world quarterback three plays into the game, MVP of the night, one of many for the Patriots, the turf monster, sadly, at State Farm Stadium. Four games now played by the New England Patriots out west at State Farm Stadium. Three of them incredibly memorable. One, an epic and tragic defeat. Two, shall we say victorious. Well, now three victorious. One of them tonight, minorly forgettable, but still a necessary win for the New England Patriots to get back on track, build a little confidence, perhaps answer a couple of questions about the team, the roster, and their future, and... I won't say re-secure their playoff footing, but at least get them back into the AFC playoff picture. Hello, Foxborough fans and Patriots pals. This is the Six Rings postgame show live on WEEI and the WEEI Sports Radio Network. We're with you till 2 a.m. tonight. Your old pals Nick Fitzy Stevens and Andy Jumbo Hart. You can give us a call anytime at 617-779-7937. That's the telephone number. 37937 is the text line and of course the socials at WEEI at Six Rings Pod at Fitzy GFY and at Jumbo Hart. It was you, Dr. Hart, who people actually trolled you as uh, back during the heyday of our previous Saturday radio show as Dr. Hot, Dr. Hot, uh, who initially diagnosed the Kyler Murray injury on his third play from scrimmage tonight. As he scrambled for a first down, the turf monster getting the best of his knee ligament. A tweet from an ESPN reporter in Arizona confirming what we all believe that the Cardinals believe MRI withstanding tomorrow, that it'll be an eventuality that he did, in fact, likely tear his ACL in his right leg on that play. You hate to see it. Prayers up. Awful play. But the complexion, the outcome, everything about tonight's game was changed in one play. And while Colt McCoy was game at times, Everyone seemed on the Arizona side of the ball, Andy, to press, to try a little too hard. They made mistakes. They left, they left uh, opportunities on the field time and again, as did the Patriots as well. Hardly the get-right game, uh, dare I say, that we were looking for, but a game where they did just enough right, or at least at times just enough not wrong 
to get the win, get back on track, push them to seven and six and back into the seventh seed. Yeah, I thought the the Cardinals made the biggest mistakes. The Patriots made the biggest plays. And that combination gave you the victory. Although, uh, yes, I appreciate you pointing out that at 8.19 p.m. I texted you and said three simple words, torn ACL, victory. I was right on both accounts. Torn ACL and victory. And I'm not making light of the injury. It was just, it was classic. It was was Julian Edelman. It was that cut and you see the knee and he just goes. It's just, and I know players are big into the turf these days. Well, that's that's a natural surface there. Um, it just happens with these athletes in space, and it's unfortunate. And you saw it right away with Matthew Judon calling for the trainers. I think he knew right away. He was the guy downfield that Murray yep. kind of collapsed in front of. But from a Patriots perspective, you needed to get a win. This was a must-win situation. You found a way to get it done. You were in a dogfight even with Colt McCoy. Now, thankfully, DeAndre Hopkins got a little loose with the football. Raquan McMillan was in the right place at the right time for a uh, 23-yard fumble return for a touchdown that kind of visit to the scoop and score huh but you made plays you made give Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris credit they stepped up you were getting you were fighting injuries too you came in Mm -hmm. without your best receiver your best cornerback and one of your best running backs and immediately added to that list at those positions Devontae Parker goes out Ramondre Stevenson goes out Jack Jones goes out and yet you found a way to make the plays you needed to win on the road so uh, give them credit. It's a huge win. Get to seven and six. Get the number seven seed. Oh my God! Get out of the basement for the here and for the now due to the tiebreaker with the Jets. So oh, they're back out of the basement. And listen, yes. hey, the Dolphins had the Dolphins got a sneaky preview of what it's like in the basement, and they may want to take a visit down there some sign sometime soon too. So I, I don't want to. It wasn't pretty. I mean, Troy. I give Troy Aikman credit. I know sometimes people think that uh, the NFL wants its broadcasters to whitewash the product. Troy Aikman said a lot of bad offensive football, not just here, but around the NFL. And I'm not sure how it's going to get fixed before the end of the season. I agree. That was two bad offenses with the penalties and the illegal shifts and motions and play calling, drop balls. It was it was ugly at times, but it was an ugly win for the Patriots. And that's all that really matters because you now have a winning record. Tonight, in the words of our pal Lou Merloni, it was just suck a little or perhaps maybe you try to suck a little bit less. And the New England Patriots were able to do just that because the Arizona Cardinals, again, the entire tenor of the game changes drastically when you're starting quarterback who everything on offense runs through because he is easily the most physically gifted player on your offense, if not on offense on both sides of the field tonight. When Kyler Murray goes down, you basically just have to take the entire game plan, tear it up, start from scratch, on the fly, with a veteran pocket passer who can move adequately in Colt McCoy. But you were right. The Patriots, the game was almost over at that point. The Pats just had to find a way, and they're very capable of it because we've talked time and again about how the New England Patriots seem interested in playing a doubleheader every time they have a single game by trying to play their opponent and beat themselves at the same time. And they were tempted a few times tonight. Yep. Uh, there were some early bad plays by Mac. There was some horrendous offensive line play. Yep. Uh, three penalties pre-snap, if I'm not mistaken, in the first half alone. An interception off a tip ball, sort of a strip pick, if you will. But in the end, they were the slightly better team. As is pointed out on Twitter, and Twitter had itself a field day of an evening with this game because, oh, but there was so much meat on the proverbial online bone, Andy. Uh, at Dakota Happis, our old pal Dakota and Branch, she points out, just stating the the Mac Jones hashtag Patriots have beaten Mitch Trubisky, 
Zach Wilson, twice Sam Ellinger, Zach Wilson, Colt McCoy. It's not exactly a murderer's row of who's who's that uh, Mac Jones has beaten to get his victories this year. I mean, we still lack that signature win. There still is not that, holy smokes, I can't believe the Patriots were down 13, came back and won that game. There still hasn't been that, wow, that Mac Jones play is going to be on come on, man, or top 10 throws of the year kind of play. And I wonder at this point if we're even going to get it. Uh, No. and Well, actually, depends on where you think the Patriots are going. If you think the Patriots are going to the postseason, then you're going to have to get it, right? Because you have the games against the Dolphins, the Bills, and the Bills coming up. If you think you're going to be a playoff team, you're going to have to beat some of those teams, at least one of those teams. Now, mm-hmm. I don't think you can get – I mean, is, is the Raiders going to be a signature win. I guess it depends how the game sort of plays out maybe because they do have offensive firepower and potential on that side of the ball. Um, but no one – you know, no, we as, as media members and analysts like to keep track of all these cute little things. Oh, how many playoff teams have you beaten? And, you know, what's your best win? And what's this? What's that? All that matters kind of is the record. Though. But it isn't. It's important Wait, to us. What, beating playoff teams? Te- you know, iron not important to them. Iron, testing yourself against the, nope. the better of the league? You can p- play the softest schedule in the world, and if it says you're one of the top seven teams, you get to go to the playoffs. Then you have to beat a playoff team. There's no rule that says you have to beat a playoff team to get into the playoffs. You just have to beat one once you're in the playoffs. Like we, well, It's not a prerequisite. They don't check your resume. Right. or they don't. They so, don't so what does it matter? What, what does it matter? What, how it, to, to the degree it matters is what kind of team you are, what kind of belief people have in you, and what kind of Yeah, I don't think they're very yourself. good, and I don't think they're well, going to be in the Andy, playoffs, so it doesn't Andy matter. Hart, I can't believe I'm hearing this from you of all people. The 2019 New England Patriots, and, and I'll dare bust out a word that you love to bandy about and throw my way like a grenade in an empty room time and again. Frauds. How about the 2019 New England Patriots? battered, injured, and bruised as they were as they made their way into the playoffs, a home Saturday night rainy January wild card game in what was Tom Brady's final game, perhaps for now, in a Patriots uniform. They had they couldn't even stay on the field. Like they lost. That was the final game of Brady's career. Right, because they, they lost that game. They didn't lose that game because well, they because lost they the previous Because they couldn't beat a playoff games. team. Yeah, that day in the playoffs. <laughs> we just make too much of these these things, in my opinion, because I think – it's the era we live in where it's all about stats and notes and tweets and this and that. Now, I don't think they're a very good team. I don't think they're going to even make the playoffs, so I don't think this will matter. We're not going to be talking about, oh, their medal hasn't been tested. No, it won't matter because they'll be going into the, the offseason because I agree with, um, with Troy Aikman. Like, mm-hmm. You know what this game looked like to me? I, I actually texted somebody in the middle of the game. It looked like a game with two bad offenses led by backup quarterbacks dueling it out. That's okay for the Cardinals because it really was their backup quarterback. That The fact that the Patriots look like a bad offense with a backup quarterback is not good for them. And no. they continue to struggle. They continue to just look dysfunctional at times. Mac showing his frustration once again, screaming on the field. Mac having issues getting the play call in from Matt Patricia. They had that one mm-hmm. back-to-back uh, where it went delay of game and then illegal shift where Stevenson and Bourne shifted. I mean... You can't look more poorly coached than that. Back-to-back plays, delay of game, and then two of your better offensive athletes are in motion for an illegal shift at the same time. That's that's kind of embarrassingly bad right there. Again, uh, you know, I feel like I need to put – there's a lot of different jars. I need to put a quarter, a nickel, a dime, or a dollar in throughout the course of this 2022 Patriots season. But I'll put another dollar in the donation jar for the uh, – 
overused line at this point. Hmm. It's almost like the Patriots don't have a offensive line coach or their offensive line coach <laughs> is pulling double duty and can't pay enough attention to the line. Or this is his first year coaching offensive line, because guess what? All three statements apply. I mean, the offensive line tonight, again, bad. The offensive line was not good tonight. Not no. great. Led by Not Trent even Brown. Even at their best, they were pe- they were serviceable. They were adequate at times. They got just enough done so the Patriots were able to, you know, complete a few passes, that beautiful seed down the middle to Hunter Henry that set up the Pierre Strong Jr. touchdown. But holy smokes. I mean, the offensive, like, there were just, there were some plays where Cardinals defenders were able to just run in freely. I know Matt Judon got a sack on one of those as well, and the Cardinals have a horrible offensive line. But there were times tonight where it was just, ghastly like who's coaching them who's telling them what to do the the pass protections the run blocking was pretty darn good tonight but the pass protections were ghastly just terrible the line was not good started with trent brown with the the false start on i think the first third down play um and he again had times where he looked kind of lethargic disinterested i don't i don't really know the words i want to use for it but not good not like a dominating Mm -hmm. flexing over the pile remember when we were excited about that against cleveland he was flexing over the pile and he seemed so those good old days too where the hell has that trent brown gone but um yeah and the rest of the line just wasn't very good um but again same issue for the cardinals that's why i say it was kind of this was equal i know the records are now so what the cardinals are a four-win team and the patriots are a seven-win team so there's a three-game differential there I think these teams are pretty close to each other. They have some stars. They have some talent. They don't play like overly well-coached football teams. They don't execute very cleanly, and they're not necessarily contenders. Certainly the Cardinals aren't a contender, and the Patriots are probably a pretender as well. Uh, So just, again, just coming to you from the wide world of socials where people shared a lot of different thoughts, statisticals, and more, a lot of in-game chatter and things that are worth representing – here on the Six Rings postgame show, Warren Sharp, pretty decent football mind. Um, 44% of Mac Jones' attempts tonight were at or behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, the highest rate short of the line of scrimmage in the NFL this year, Andy, that would be 22%. So tonight alone, the New England Patriots were double the National Football League's highest rate short of the line of scrimmage this season. Uh, and 60% of his third down attempts were at or behind the line of scrimmage as well. So if y'all thought the the um, quick game blanking sucks was going to get Matt Patricia to go downfield to the flat or elsewhere more often, uh, sorry, you can please collect your booby prize on the way out. We have some lovely parting gifts, but you were wrong because the Patriots continue to, and I'm not sure, Andy, if it's playing into Vance Joseph's hands with the whole idea of it looks like a defensive coordinator calling plays is he only comfortable doing that? Does he believe that's Mac and his offensive talent's best traits? Or is he, and this is kind of what I'm starting to believe, shielding the offensive line that he's not doing a great job coaching? That was uh, certainly the tale that the broadcast crew was trying to sell us. That Correct. A lot of this is is due to them trying to piece together the offensive line, protect those guys. and And there may be some truth to that, but that's, that's a weak excuse for the overall execution of the offense and how inept it has been because throwing the ball short isn't the only problem this offense has had. Like, they went crazy in the screen game tonight. Okay, that's great. Good good for you. Um, but the, the inefficiencies of the offense that we've talked about a lot in recent weeks and the route running, the inconsistencies. Now, they hit 
some of the big plays they needed. Like they got the mm-hmm. the Hunter Henry play they needed to set up a, a late Ooh, touchdown. Yep. So you know they're starting to show little signs. I actually saw an, an interesting note from the Patriots Hall that um, when Mac Jones threw his interception when he was hit and it mm-hmm. was uh, sort of punted up in the air an easy pick he had gone 161 pass attempts without a pick was the longest active streak in the national football league so mac is taking better a care of the football than he had early in the year i think that's a step positive the thing that alarms me is you still see a lot of these and i've been talking about this literally since the first week of training camp these Max scrambling around, broken plays. like, And he's starting to make good on some of them. He had like one completion to Bourne on the sideline. Then one of them, Brown, got called for illegal man downfield. Things. There's just too many of those ugly schoolyard, high school, backyard, whatever you want to call it, plays. And I think that was Troy Aikman's point is this is mid-December. Like it shouldn't look like this at this point in the season it's not august 1st anymore it's mid december so that is most alarming for me cuz i actually think mac is is kind of doing a good job fighting the good fight these days he got over the remember when i believed he was broken midway yep. through the season i feel like he's come out the other side of that and is is fighting the good fight is standing up is you know the the rocky thing no how you get knocked down is if you get up that kind of thing uh i think he's gotten up and he's still fighting what you didn't like rocky that person. it wasn't bad for midnight i've been sick there's a lot going on in me right now leave me alone <laughs> 617-779-7937 if you would like to call in and weigh in on tonight's patriots game a 27-13 victory in the desert or offer up your best Rocky Balboa impersonation. It won't be better than that one, I promise. And how it applies to uh, Mac Jones picking himself up off the mat, getting back into action for the Patriots uh, in victory tonight. Uh, no, I'm I'm with you. I th- I don't think Mac is playing that poorly. I saw a lot of the calls for Zappy. The oh yeah, tell me it's a Matt Patricia or tell me it's a scheme or a talent issue i'll gladly reply to all those people and tell them yes yeah. it is as a matter yes, of fact yes, that's exactly what it is glad we're glad we're on the same wavelength good oh 100 hive mind on that mac john like the, all you need to do is see some of the passes he made tonight dart that he throws to kendrick Bourne on the sideline to keep uh a drive alive and in bounds uh, there's that the pass to hunter henry as well um Actually, he threw a nice one to Tyquan Thornton where Tyquan Thornton just didn't watch his uh, no-foot discipline. He kind of dragged his foot out of bounds. That would have been a big game for that was on terrible. in the third quarter. Um, he lo- he, by and large, he looked good. The pocket collapsed on him. I, he almost rolled himself. He still does have that odd tendency. Correct me if you're uh, – tell me if you disagree, but do you think he still has that weird tendency sometimes to roll himself into protection issues? Like the protection's breaking down on one side, be it blindside uh, – or you know to 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 his visible side, and he doesn't sort of feel it the way a Brady or a pocket master does. He sort of like sometimes tries to roll out, get away, and runs himself into some protection issues. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and he I still think, does that a little too much for my liking because I still think he's uncomfortable. I still think he freaks out a little bit. I wouldn't be comfortable in there either. In general, or because of the offense they're calling, the way things are schemed up, and the fact that he's not comfortable with it. Um, kind of all of that because okay. of what has taken place between the months of August and December. Like, so I think, he's not broken anymore. No, but, but he still has still a, little, a little scrambled. Yeah, he's still he's still a little uh, punch drunk. He's still a little shy. He still a little road that, weary. Uh, 
Yeah, a little bit. The sea legs is still moving lag. a little bit on it. Yeah. Um, you got Matt lag. We'll call it. We'll call it. <laughs> yeah, he, I, I think he still does. And um, one of the interesting photos, you see our friend Zach Cox from Nesson with the uh, post-game embrace between Matt Patricia and Vance Joseph and a uh, mm-hmm. poop-eating grin on the... It seems as though they were pleasant at midfield. Well, yeah, because I, I don't think Vance Joseph really meant anything by it. I actually think Vance Joseph could go to midfield tonight and say, see, I told you so. You, you threw yep. the ball short again, conservative. Like, it's the same offense I said. I, did, I didn't mean anything by it kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. That's, so. That's, yeah, I mean, like, he could have gone to him at midfield. And I think they were even discussing it during the broadcast tonight, how they believed that that line was not offered as a slight, a criticism, a troll job, or a barb this week. It was just an observation, like, I call defense. If I was running a defense right now, if, excuse me, if I was calling an offense right now, this is probably how I would call it as well. This is how my defensive mind works in trying to um, imagine how you would matriculate or advance the ball down the field. So I, I didn't, you know, I th- we all tried to make more of it because, you know, we're looking for storylines. Well, to he did smirk. Onto. But, there yeah, was a little smirk a little spark, when he little delivered. A little, little Bolton board action, but like it wasn't that bad. No, it was not that big a deal. And I think you could have said the same thing of, let's just say that um, an offensive line coach got promoted to play caller. He could have said, that, you know, it almost looks like you'd expect an offensive line coach to call a game. Conservative, like, I, I just, a little too much was made of it. But whatever, we can move on to the uh, the game because in in ways, this was a really interesting game. Actually, you know what? If this were a preseason game, it would be super interesting because we'd it be talking been about by far the most interesting preseason game because of what an absolute snooze the preseason was this year. Well, and you had rookie, rookie, rookie making big plays. Pierre Strong, Kevin Harris, and Marcus Jones all mm-hmm. making big plays. Marcus Jones needs like three days off. The guy never left the field. I thought this was Andy Hart in high school. Like this, this is not how football all is supposed right, to be played the at the flex. professional level. It's high school football. That's how you play it. You play all three phases. You, you play. All, I get it. You play all three phases as well. By the way, Marcus Jones, if we're going to start working the Marcus Jones side of the street, um, in addition to the fact that they should probably just give him off until Friday before they yeah. play the Raiders Sunday at 4.05 Eastern from Allegiant Stadium, he's quickly working his way into the might be most the most talented player on the team conversation. Uh, he's up there. I, it, the funny thing is, you know what I think needs the most work? His coverage. Uh, uh, me, me getting in and out of breaks on the postgame show. Are you screwing it up? Are we behind no, already? No, I'm not. You just always love to bust my chops about that. I do. But no, I, I actually think the thing that looks uh, the, the roughest right now okay. is some of his actual coverage, his intermediate coverage, where he gets lost a little bit. He's a mm-hmm. step or two out of position because his tackling, great. His running with the football, whether it's on offense or on special teams, is great. The hit he laid on uh, Trey McBride, Ooh, which a man was like eight inches taller and sixty yes, pounds heavier, dropped. Got to be twice his him. size. Yeah, twice his size, and he knocked him down. Great catch, by the way, by McBride yep. too to hold on to the football. But oh, yeah. yeah, like that was that was an Iron Man performance by Marcus Jones because they they were dealing with a lot of injuries. There's a lot of guys. Thornton even, even though Thornton didn't have a great game, he had to step up and take a lot of reps that I don't think uh, he mm-hmm. otherwise would have had if Parker were still in there and Myers were still out there. So give the uh, give the rookie class uh, at least an A for effort and being out there and trying to do their jobs. We'll catch a break right now because David Andrews has spoken. Josh Uche is at the podium right now as well. Uh, when we come back in just a few minutes, hopefully we will be there in time for Coach Bill Belichick. 
uh, Patriots quarterback Mac Jones, and we will bring you the best of any other locker room or podium audio in victory. Patriots 27, Cardinals 13 from State Farm Stadium in the desert. And Andy, to your point, this from Jeff Howe an hour ago, Marcus Jones through three quarters, a catch for 12 yards, an interception for 18 yards, two kick returns for 47 yards, seven tackles, six solo, two passes defensed, and a partridge in a pear tree. Damn, have a night, Marcus <laughs> Jones. What hell of a pick. You got Fitzy, you got Hart, we got you here on the Six Rings postgame show. 